Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Today, Dimple and I are talking about something that affects many of you listening to the podcast and is also affected or is affecting us right now. We are talking about teacher burnout. Burnout is increasing among teachers in Canada. And this was prior to the pandemic. But during the pandemic, teachers have experienced an increased amount of burnout. There's a school counselor that's based in Victoria. Her name is Sarah Burdon. And she described her experience working through the pandemic as a burnout roller coaster. Many educators are exhausted and experiencing severe burnout. And what happens is that teachers end up struggling to remember what they love about their jobs and why they're there in the first place as a result of burnout. Our teachers have been through so much in the last few years, and it's actually led to a lot of compassion fatigue. So compassion fatigue is a term that was described by psychologist Charles Figley in 1995. And he observed that therapists who experience symptoms um, will experience symptoms similar to post-traumatic stress disorder after working with traumatized clients. Now, teachers have had to become so they've had to play so many different roles in teaching and they've become so um, useful to their students in so many different ways from acting, acting as their social worker for directing them to even food banks during the pandemic. Uh, Some of them were acting as grief counselors for, for students and helping students work through all their anxiety and depression and isolation. Like it has really taken a toll on teachers. And actually there's been a few studies done. And the latest study that was done was done in, in Alberta. And what they did was they had an online survey over 2,100 participants completed the survey And the statistics were not that good. So basically the teachers were pushing themselves to exhaustion to meet their needs of students. And they had experienced so many different symptoms. So the study showed that teachers were feeling so much physical exhaustion, a sense of feeling a lack of appreciation and 89% of the teachers reported feeling low energy 
almost 70% reported an inability to concentrate. And there were so many other symptoms on that list, concentration problems, like I said, reduced initiative to complete their work-related tasks. There was sleep disorders on there. Half of the teachers experienced sleep disorders. They were having memory problems, inability to make decisions. There was so much involved. And it's not that these teachers had a lack of care towards their students, because when you come to that point of exhaustion, you could lose your motivation but it's actually the opposite that the teachers reported pushing themselves to the point of exhaustion to meet the needs of the students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a great point. We're all in this profession because we love to work with children. We know that that's our passion and that's our, our inner calling. And when you know that's your inner calling, you are going to do everything possible to ensure that your students have the most wonderful learning experience. And when it gets uh, compounded by something like the pandemic, everything that you knew about Mm -hmm. teaching has just gone out the window and you have to start from scratch. Like if you think about, for example, in my own kindergarten classroom, the core foundation of it is learning through play, learning with each other, using those social skills. Well, how are you supposed to teach that or provide those opportunities and experiences for those children when they can't even get close to each other, when they can't even touch the materials? What do you do? The amount of stress that has been placed on teachers in order to ensure that they're able to meet these needs in differing ways has led a lot of teachers to this place of burnout, right? And which then leads them to a place of wondering what to do next. Mm -hmm. And you being a kindergarten teacher right now, when you go into the classroom, it's not just getting right to work or having settle in time, you're checking to see if their masks are on properly, if they've sanitized, Uh, if, if they, you know, are coming, are they keeping the social distance that they're required to keep? Are they, have they come into contact with anybody who has been unwell in the last few days? Like there's a lot of things to think about. What do you find the most challenging? I have to say the mental checklist, right? So, um, you know, you have to go outside when you open the door, you have to have your spray bottle in your hand for hand sanitizer spraying everyone. In kindergarten, they come in and they have masks on their heads or like they're, they're swinging it around and just reminding them to put it back on or there's lost masks and just keeping that mental note and, um, okay, well, you don't have one. So now I have to go get one. I have to stop everything and get one for you. Um, Making sure that there's enough space between them. And the kids for the first time in my teaching career are in desks. Kindergarten students are in desks. Yeah, because they, they can't be facing each other. And so when they're in table groups, they're facing each other. So I've had to this year, 
rethink my planning so that I'm still able to meet their needs. And thankfully, I have been. But that has caused a tremendous amount of stress on me because I've had to rethink everything. Now, with kindergarten students having desks, they also have to have their own materials. I mean, they're five years old. They're not going to be able to remember to take care of everything. So it goes back on the teacher, right? To check their desks, make sure there's not enough, there's not too much paper in there, their caps are on, et cetera. It's that mental, mental checklist that starts from the beginning of the day and does not end until much after the kids are gone. That's incredible. I, our teachers have not been okay during this pandemic. And especially when there was the juggling between online school, virtual school, and then in-person learning, mm-hmm. right. And then the, the asynchronistic learning that's taking place as well. That's not easy. And then there were some teachers who were juggling their own children at home while teaching a classroom of students mm-hmm. online. So it's, I can't even imagine. And I'm sure a lot of teachers that mental checklist that you spoke about, it can really affect your, your ability to think clearly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually it affects your mood. It can make you angry, frustrated with people oh, around yeah. you. And then you end up taking it out on the people at home and on your own children. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It, 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 um, you react in different ways. Right. And in addition to this mental checklist, you're also making sure that the kids are okay. Right. I mean, they themselves, and you've talked about this, you get this compassion fatigue because you are so concerned about these kids and they have also either gone through this pandemic or um, are living through it in different ways. Many of the kids that I have in my classroom had lost their grandparents, right, Mm. because they had COVID and passed away. Um, And in our community at our school a lot of the grandparents are the ones that take care of the kids so it created this huge void with a lot of them and a lot of um, emptiness and sadness and anxiety that was already increasing in our world but has now magnified as a result of this pandemic it is heartbreaking to to see what teachers have gone through what students have gone through. And in fact, last month, I read an article from the Toronto Star that said the Toronto teachers on sick leaves have actually doubled. So statistically, the pandemic has definitely taken a toll, right? And now what's the next step? The next step is we want to focus on the teachers who are experiencing now this post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. and focus on how to prevent this compassion fatigue and burnout from getting worse. And that's gotta be like, there's gotta be some massive strategies in place for that. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So that is, I think, so important to to remember, right, that there are strategies that you can use in order to 
get back to that place of feeling good and being with the students and having that wonderful day. One of the really um, great strategies that you can use is to create the sense of uh, belonging and community mm-hmm. for yourself, right? And it's really important that you find someone who understands the complexities that you are facing. So although it's wonderful to go home and speak to your significant other um, about your daily stresses, if they are in a workforce that is not similar to what you are in, you know what? They're not going to get it. (laughs) They are not going to get it. I mean, they're just going to say something like, well, just ignore that, or don't even worry about it, or along those lines. So it's important that you have that core person or people in your collegial life that you trust that you can talk to. And even if they're not offering any advice, just someone who gets it, right? So you know that you are not alone. They are going to be the ones who are going to be able to understand and empathize with what you're feeling. But the key is just to get talking. Do that. Get talking. You know, it is so critical. Even as entrepreneurs, we have mastermind groups. And meeting once a week to discuss how to move forward, how to heal, how to, uh, you know, strategies that are working. And so teachers need that too. And we all need some sort of community and village in our profession. Mm -hmm. And this should actually become the norm. Community support is so important. And it's like forming a, a sisterhood even of teachers that you trust. That was what you said. Trust is so important and that you feel safe with where you can confide in and can, and, and talk openly about what's going on, because you know what the teachers who have had major mental health issues through this pandemic, usually mental health is so stigmatized in our, in our society, right? So you want to be able to speak openly about what's going on so that you can receive the professional support that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we talk a lot about filling um, our buckets, right, mm-hmm. with our kids. And I know every one of you that's listening knows what I mean by that. But we also need to fill our own bucket. And really t- talking with someone who you do trust and have a connection with and gets it fills your bucket so that you are able to be present with your students. And I think like going along those lines too about being present, it's important to to also know what's important to uh, prioritize within your school day. And a lot of new teachers, I remember when I was a new teacher, I would spend hours and hours on creating the most beautiful bulletin board, hours and hours on making sure that every single report card was individualized. And then I came to realize that when I am doing that, it's really not serving the students. What serves the students is by me being completely present in the classroom when they are there. So really letting go of things that 
aren't as beneficial to the students and putting my energy into what is important for the students. And I think that is really, really important. That is huge because we could get so carried away getting busy with all the busy work. And the best way to keep the mind focused and clear is to prioritize. And Mm -hmm. it leads me into thinking about what individual self-care practices teachers are using. So I always think that if I was still a teacher today, I would be such a different teacher because I would know how important it is to prioritize my mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. So processing emotions is huge for teachers because there are a lot of trigger points through the day, whether it's from a student, a toxic colleague, an administrator, a parent, there are many triggers and knowing how to process emotions or working with someone to help you process emotions is really important. I also really advocate for mindfulness practices and studies show that mindfulness practices such as staying present and learning how to be in your body instead of out of your body and reacting, responding instead of reacting, that's been proven to show a reduction in post-traumatic stress, right? And of course, I always advocate for tapping or some sort of uh, mind-body technique that ends up processing the emotions and moving the energy through. Even playing with your own children at home is very grounding and very, like adding play into your life can be very healing, Mm-hmm. Right? playing with a pet or playing with your own children or even having intimacy with your partner. These are all things that can reduce stress. So any stress reduction activity, even exercise. I know a lot of teachers during the pandemic were complaining that they didn't have time to exercise, but getting out to have a walk even just to get those endorphins going, those feel good hormones is really important. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge uh, proponent of um, setting your day up. And in my episode of um, efficiently managing time, I did speak about how I run every morning and that sets me up for the day right? I just have to say this story yesterday, actually. Um, I was running and it was dark. It's dark, right? When I start running in the morning and it started snowing and it was the most magical morning. And that just set my day up. Like I felt so good. Um, When I went into the classroom, I was just so enthusiastic. And I was also really calm and peaceful because the kindergarten classroom is not calm and peaceful, right? So um, that really set me up. And that's not going to be the same for everyone. It might not be a run. It might be having some prayer or doing some morning pages or being mindful by taking that first sip of coffee or tea or taking in that long, deep breath. But whatever it is for you to set your day up that you know is going to get you through um, the day with 
as by being your true self so that you are present for the kids and doing what you really love, do it because that will really help. Oh, yeah, that is such good advice. I love that story because it puts you on this different frequency and vibration for the day. And I find that when you go through the day appreciating little things, that it just changes and shifts your frequency. And when you are at a different energetic frequency, you do relate to people in a different way and you do show up in a different way. And that would include being in your classroom and not being as as affected by the negative triggers when your brain is focused on the things that you appreciate or when you're experiencing much gratitude. These things sound so cliche, but when you're in this healing state, I would say now we're, we're in a healing, uh, mm-hmm. t- a time of healing, yeah. right? It is the post recovery, uh, time at the moment for teachers. And although there are a lot of teachers still in the, the stress, they are now finding ways to heal. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like I said, when I was teaching, I did not know how to protect my energy. And now I understand how to work with the body in order to protect the energy, which then helps your frequency to be at a different level and gives you more ease throughout your day. So there is one exercise that I always teach to every client. And it's, it's by the work of Donna Eden, who is a world renowned energy therapist. And I've been studying her work for the past decade now. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a video and check out the show notes for this episode, I'm going to post a link to the video. And it's a video on how to protect your energy before you go into any public space. So whether you're going to a mall, into your classroom, into your workplace, how to protect your aura, because we all have this auric field around us. When you become depleted and exhausted, that auric field becomes so thin. Mm -hmm. Actually, in Chinese medicine, they call it Wei Qi. So when that becomes depleted, or in, in uh, India, they call it pranic energy, when that becomes depleted, and we call it adrenal burnout and adrenal exhaustion, right? So you want to expand your aura back out, so that you are protected. If somebody says something negative to you, you are not as affected. And you know what, I have had many, many, maybe hundreds of people tell me that this exercise has worked for them. I'm so curious to know what it is. I've used some of these. Actually, I just remember I was using one of these with one of my clients this week. I wonder if it's the same one or not. Is it like so a zipper I, one? There, yeah, the zip up, um, the zip up where you're zipping up your central yes. and governing meridians. And the other one is called the Celtic weave. And actually I do it in the Celtic weave. I do it in conjunction with this other one called swim your aura. So I'll post a video on that. Check out the show notes and it'll be a YouTube video. Oh, that's going to be super exciting. I cannot wait to to check that out myself. I think that's going to be amazing. Um, The other really great practical strategy that I wanted to share was 
when you are connected to your body and you are starting to feel some of these teacher burnouts, and one of the signs to look out for is when you're not really loving where you are and you're kind of losing connection with um, your true purpose of being in the classroom. One thing that you really would really work is just to step away from it, right? And we tend to take a lot of our all of that mental energy um, with us when we leave work, but leave it at work. And let's say you do have a lot of uh, things that you need to do, right? You need to do the planning, you need to set up, you need to do poetry books, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing that, just write down the two that are most important that needs to get done over the next two days. Okay. And then when that is done, then you can write down the other two that needs to be that needs to get done either tomorrow or in the next two days. That way, things are much more manageable. Because you're taking it step by step, and you're letting go of the work. And you're able to then prioritize yourself when you do get home, however, that may look for you. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a skill to detach mm-hmm. just as therapists or coaches are detaching from their clients. After the sessions, teachers have to learn to detach from their students after they walk out of the classroom. And yeah. if we, if teachers ignore their own burnout and compassion fatigue, then what gives anybody else any permission to pay attention to educational caregivers. Yeah. Right. If, if teachers are not going to be responsible for their own well-being, then who is going to be, and what's going to happen, it's going to lead to like a higher turnover in teaching, which already there was uh, teachers. I, I believe the last stat was five years, uh, before teachers, um, if they can make it past five years, they're doing pretty good. And just the, and the ability to attract new employees into the profession, right. Or even retaining the experienced teachers. So, right. So it's really the healing has to start with teachers. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was this recent stat that I came across as well, that 40, I think it was like 43% of teachers said that they would move to another profession right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that goes back to taking care of yourself, right? And there was this um, Finnish study that actually did say this, right? It's Mm self-regulation. And I know we teach our kids this quite a bit, Mm -hmm. um, but it's so important for teachers to do it too. And this Finnish study said, changing your own behaviors and thoughts is one of the major key ways teachers can avoid and treat teacher burnout. And as you said, it is a skill, right? And sometimes it seems impossible to use to to develop the skill or um, looking at the components of it, like slowing down your workplace, prioritizing important tasks, etc. But if you are at risk of teacher burnout, you do need to make changes because you can't be there for your students if you're not taking care of yourself. Absolutely. And you know, sometimes you do become stagnant in your profession, 
right? Maybe somebody does need a change right now. Maybe the pandemic is an opportunity to switch lanes. If, and you have to evaluate that for yourself if you're a teacher and to think, you know, is it time for me to maybe move from, I don't know, fifth grade to uh, high school or not at high school, but a different uh, grade in elementary school or, you know, so it's, it's important to recognize when you're becoming stagnant because you're burnt out or when you're becoming stagnant because you're just not enjoying or motivated to do any better. Yeah, exactly. And another really great uh, strategy is just to spend time. We talked about spending time with the professional colleague, but also just to help with co-regulation, spending time with those who are close to you and reconnecting with family and friends or joining some sort of hobby group. Because when you do have this co-regulation piece, it does reduce some of the burnout symptoms, right? Specifically, um, cynicism and dice disassociation. So when you have this personal community, and it's going to look different for everyone, but it does help with burnout in any sense. Absolutely. And and not to mention all the stuff that we talked about in our parental burnout episode about taking care of yourself and the nutrition and the sleep and the importance of all of it. But really, it's going to start with making a commitment to commit to yourself because you are very committed to your students and you have to commit to your own well-being. And if that involves speaking to a therapist or a professional uh, life coach, then so be it. I think everybody should have a mentor. I think everybody should have some sort of coach to help them move forward in life. So teachers, we know you're doing an amazing job. Please, please implement the strategies that we have shared here today with you. Form a community so that you feel supported. Use those self-care practices for yourself. Prioritize what is important in your life and really take note of where you are right now and what you need to do to move forward in a positive manner. And we think that you are doing an amazing job. Now, if you know a teacher, please share this episode with them and help them to feel seen and appreciated and supported and help them to know that we are all recognizing their efforts and seeing them for what they are accomplishing. Thank you for listening and we will uh, be in touch with you again next week. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.